Hello, and welcome to the Gravel Ride Podcast, where we go deep on the sport of gravel cycling through in-depth interviews with product designers, event organizers, and athletes who are pioneering the sport. I'm your host, Craig Dalton, a lifelong cyclist who discovered gravel cycling back in 2016 and made all the mistakes you don't need to make. I approach each episode as a beginner to unlock all the knowledge you need to become a great gravel cyclist. This week on the show, I want to introduce you to Ian Lopez de San Ramon, a 19-year-old from Sonoma County here in Northern California who got accepted to participate as a professional athlete in the Lifetime Grand Prix Series in 2023. As you'll see, this young athlete found his way to the bike not super early and didn't see remarkable results as a junior in his own words. But yet over the last few years, he's really found his stride, cutting his teeth both on the Grasshopper Series here in Northern California, as well as impressing Michael Marks when participating in the Belgian Waffle Ride Series. As we enter the 2023 Grand Prix, I thought we'd take a chance and get to know Ian. I managed to catch Ian on his way home from a bike fit in Monterey, and so had him over in the studio for a quick conversation. Before we jump in, I need to thank this week's sponsor, Logos Components. You may recall my episode with my co-host Randall Jacobs around the launch of Logos Components and the three new sets of carbon wheels that they're bringing to market. At the end of 2020, their 29er wheel set received Bikepacking.com's Gear of the Year Award, which is pretty amazing. We've talked about the many details you need to look through and think about when purchasing a carbon wheel set, and I encourage you to reference that episode, whether you're looking at the Logos wheel sets or something else, Randall does an excellent job of breaking down from the rim to the hub to the spokes, all the things you should be considering and looking at as you match which wheel set is going to be right for the type of riding you do. If you're considering getting a new carbon wheel set this year, I encourage you to go check out logoscomponents.com. I'll put that link in the show notes. Logos offers three different wheel sizes, 700C, 650B, and 29er. I personally am rocking the 650Bs out of my garage. It's got an internal width of 28 millimeters, so you get that nice kind of C shape when you're running larger volume tires. Again, check them out at logoscomponents.com when you have a second. With that said, let's dive right into my conversation with Ian. Ian, welcome to the studio. Thanks for making it happen. It was a little last minute. Yeah, studio is a euphemism for the shed office in my backyard. But I appreciate you coming over, and it was actually pretty cool to see your bikes getting out of the car. Yeah, you got a you got a sweet setup here. It was a shed that held the bikes, and then we hired a contractor to drywall it and put oh, it yeah. all together. So it's kind of a COVID investment, yeah, so yeah. I could have an office at home. Nice. It looks it looks legit. It looks well made. And I got my bikes on the wall, so yeah. that's all right. Something that's to good. look at. So yeah. you're actually just coming off competing at Low Gap, right, in one of the Grasshoppers. Yep. How'd that go yesterday? I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, let's talk about yeah. it a little bit. So I went to the race and I was like, I kind of really want to win this race. It's kind of like my home race. And I know Pete's on good form and everybody there is like really fast. So I just decided like, I, I, I'm not usually not nervous for races, but I was actually nervous for low gap, which is weird. So I slept kind of weird, but started the race. It was like super hot on the first climb. And then I was thinking about what I did the night before the race mid-race for some reason and then I was like 
dude, I didn't charge my shifting. And I look back and I see the blinking red light on the axis. And I'm like, dude, really? You forgot to charge your shifting? And so I think it was like halfway through the race. I roll up to the aid station. So the shifting died on this like cement climb. And then I roll into the aid station. I'm yelling, Blake, give me an axis battery, Blake, which is like my friend and like everyone from the shop I used to work for was there. And I was like, dude, I'm going to get so roasted about this later. I'm going to, yeah, people are going to have, a, this is going to be the story people are telling. And so they didn't have an access battery. Usually they have a pile of them. And they just sell them out and give them to you. I see my old Nike coach, Mike, Mike Warren is there. And he's, I was like, Mike, Mike, I see you're here. Give me your access battery. And he's like, no, man, no, man, I have to ride out of here. Come on, come on. And then I was like, Mike, like, I'm racing. Give me your access battery. He's like, no, 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 no. And so I got him, like, I spent, like, a minute and a half, like, arguing with him. And finally, I get his battery. And so I go in. And he's like, dude, you're really stranding me out here. You owe me. And he's, like, he was, like, really mad. And so I took his battery. And then I'm still kind of working out a couple kinks on the new bike. And so I dropped my chain, lost some more time. But then I think my fitness is pretty good right now. So then I caught up to Lance, who was in, which I guess was, like, fourth place. And then we caught up to Tyler, which was third place. And then we see Chris Blevins right down the road. And then I was, all like, I was like, yeah, okay. Maybe I'll send a little flyer at the end and try to get these two Legion crit sprinters. But I didn't really think I had a very good chance. And then half a mile from the finish, I flatted. And I was like, like my rear tire was kind of bouncy and I could feel the rim. And I was like, really? This is so stupid. And so then Tyler went, he did 1500 watts and he got third. And then I took Lance to the line. Like I, I made him fight for it, but I, I got fifth. So not a bad result. You would have thought with all that negotiating to try to get an access yeah. battery, you wouldn't even be part of the, yeah. the event. It wasn't a very, I didn't have very good luck that day. Like right after the race, me and like Statna and a couple of people went and rode around and then like, we rode up the old low gap finish and then like my friend Taj was like next to me and then he like got too close and hit my rear brake going or my front brake going like 20 and then I crashed and flooded my other tire on the front and then I like was always like lying on the ground with another flat tire like after the race and I was like what am I doing so then like a log a truck with some logs came by and then we put my bike in the back and I held onto the back like a garbage man and rode five miles down the road on the back of this truck and then I was like I was just like so bummed and, but whatever it, not a ter not a terrible result and best to get that bad luck out of the way this yeah, part of the yeah. season something to improve on so we'll go from there and see yeah what happens. Let's start it. Let's take a step back and just understand one. You're from Sonoma County in California, right? Yeah. And two, you've, you were the youngest person to get accepted in the lifetime Grand Prix for 2023. Yeah. Yeah. Super and, excited on that. And your age is? I'm 19. Okay. So at 19, how did you find the bike? Like when did you find the bike originally and what was your progression? Like how does a 19 year old find themselves with the capability and skill to race at a professional level on the gravel scene. Yeah, honestly, I don't really know how I'm how I'm here. I started like actually kind of riding when I was like, like third or fourth grade. Like me and my mom would kind of like we're like, hey, we should should we start mountain biking? And so my aunt is a pro. She went to the Olympics like twice, I think. And so we always kind of me and my sister kind of looked at it like, man, that's that's kind of cool. And then we just we just had some like really crappy like old bikes, and so. We started kind of riding a little bit, and then there's like a local Wednesday night race called Dirt Crits, and then we I had ridden like maybe like a total of like a couple days, like cumulatively like a one week, or not like one week, but you know what I'm saying, like seven total days over like a couple months, and I was like, my friend invited me to this local race, I went, and I was like, 
man, that was pretty fun. And then like my sister came and showed up and watched and she's like, nah, I'm never, I'm never riding a bike like that. I'm never riding a bike. And then like, I kind of just kept riding from there. And now my sister is racing cyclocross in Belgium and, and I'm here in the Grand Prix. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Like, in the... I feel like we're missing a few pieces there. So then you, you sort of, you discover it through the local dirt. Crit yeah. Series. Like local dirt crits. And then I kind of slowly raced that whole series and it was just like everyone's in that you go and it's just like juniors beat down. Like it's just like a fight with all the juniors. It was so fun. Yeah. And like the bike peddler, like they didn't put like the winner got like a $150 gift card. It was like super cool. Which seems huge at the time. Yeah. Right? And they'd take like these old like motorbike trophies and it was awesome. And so, yeah, I kind of just kept going through. And then my sister and I got a coach. Did you, get, did you get involved in the Nike scene? Yeah. So we got involved in the Nike scene when I was in like fifth or sixth grade. I want to say like I started riding with them. And then like pretty quickly, like I was always kind of riding with a varsity group. And so if you've been riding with a varsity group since you were in like fifth or sixth grade, once you're actually in the Nike varsity, it's a little bit weird. But so, it must have been nice to have those older student athletes just kind of teaching you the ropes a little bit and showing you like, God, you're capable yeah. of riding a 35-mile mountain bike ride or whatever it was at the time. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, we barely rode at all. 15 miles was like such a big day. It was good. We didn't have, we had a, a pretty strong scene, but it was like the people who were like a year or two older than me that were good. The people that were like older that were actually in were... We're like, I feel like the level was a little different then. But yeah, it was super solid. We got to kind of ride like every Saturday. But from there, I don't know, we just kind of rode a lot. And then as you were as you were in high school competing in like a mountain bike race. Yeah, I, I, actually, and now I remember. So the point where it actually got serious was like, I think it was like 2016. We like we're, did like a couple of cyclocross races. And then we met this kid, Paul, and then his dad coached people and then like his brother gavin had been to like europe as a pro and then was kind of on the way out and so then he just kind of like took us under his wing and was like all right i'm gonna coach you guys and he was a super cool dude he was like well i'm he was like super religious and he's like well i don't charge you guys anything for coasting coaching so i can say a prayer before the races and he'd get you together and he'd be like god he was, he was an awesome guy awesome guy love that guy he got us pretty serious. He gave us cyclocross drills, and then we just like kind of kept going from there. It was weird. Like, I wasn't a very good junior. Like, I always followed exactly, like exactly what the coach gave me, but it like was not working. And so it's really weird to say, but junior racing is a lot of who develops first. And so I was like super late. So I was going to these Nike races, and I was just getting like like obliterated. Yeah. in every single race and I was like I was getting like super done with it and I was like I'm following all this coaching like nothing's working and then it was COVID COVID year is when I think it, like when I really got serious it was like three years ago and then I, I think I like back then I thought I had three months left of riding and I was like dude I'm gonna be done in three months and I never really thought like I actually had a future as a pro like I just thought I wasn't you're not built for it yeah and so I was like, all right, like I had a really bad relationship with my previous coach. I don't really want to like, like talk trash or anything, but then I just like switched coaches. And then I was like, it was like a couple months later, I was like, whoa, I'm like actually getting like faster, like really quick. And then it's just been like a, like a, an up from there. 
And it honestly might be a good thing because like it kind of kept me hungry and I had no success. It obviously sucks to lose races, but if you're if you're out there every single weekend just getting your face kicked in, like I feel like at some point yeah. you're going you're gonna to win and hopefully that's this year. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's part of the process, right? We all yeah. start out as the slowest person on the ride and you... Yeah. You know, you get to the top of a climb and you're the last person there and everybody's ready to leave and you keep doing that. You keep plugging away. And next thing you know, you're not the last person to arrive at the top of the climb. And I think that's, you know, the nature of developing as a cyclist. It's interesting in your case, like developing as a young cyclist and having to have that patience and, um, you know, ultimately discovering like, hey, I actually am talented, even though I've been getting my teeth kicked in for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, junior cycling is interesting. Like, it's it's funny how like a result as a as a good junior can like really land you on a team but it's also like those kids like long term might not be in the sport and so i've once i kind of figured out like you actually could do i kind of had the mentality like maybe i'm not the most like naturally talented but i'll be there i'll be there to take these kids sponsors once they burn out (laughs) or it was kind of my joke i want to say like that but i'll be I'll be there like to put in all the work and then it's all the work you don't see. And I feel like a lot of people were kind of like, well, where did this Ian kid come out of? And the past three years, it's like I I haven't missed a day of training without being like, oh, I'm sick or whatever. So So at a certain point, it sounds like in the last three years is really when you picked up road cycling and gravel cycling. I would say like more two years for the road. I'm super green on the road. I think it, it helps that I like I'm naturally like fit like I have experience in the pack on gravel like a little bit but I've just kind of been like I just I went to a couple South American like road tours and just threw myself in the deep end let's get some handling skills and let's let's go ride and that that's super fun and I really had nothing to lose and like people down there really had all to lose right <laughs> like I was just some like random American kid no one had heard of and then I was just down there having a good time nice and so as you thought about like where you wanted to go with your cycling there's obviously going on the road and there's sort of a process for ultimately getting into the world tour. And that may start with development teams. It may start with kind of going and finding your own opportunities in Europe. How were you thinking about what was going to be next for you as, as we came to 2023? Yeah. I mean, like, are you asking about what my decision, my decision for, yeah, you see, it sounds, you know, in, in getting to know you a little bit, you did have an opportunity to kind of stake your claim and say, I'm, I'm going to kind of go down the road path full, full force. Yeah. Or there's this other opportunity to go gravel and potentially there's another one where it's kind of a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what are you thinking? It's hard. Like I, there's not really a, like a, a manual for how to do this. And I'm like super on the untraditional side of this. Like there's like the regular USAC development path where you kind of hop around the teams and then you race with the national team. And like, I've never raced for the national team. I, yeah. I would love to, but I just haven't. And so I've kind of been like, I've been under the radar. And so, yeah, I, I like when I went to these South American road races, I like, I got noticed by an agent and he was like, yeah, I'll put you on a road team. So I sent him some power numbers and he got me a spot on a team in the North of Spain. And so like the road scene there is, or the amateur road scene is what it was for. So it's like super high level races every weekend. They're very underrated, like very hard races. And so, yeah, I had an opportunity to go there. I was going to share an apartment with this like Costa Rican kid I met in Panama. 
and it, it was going to be pretty cool. And I was pretty, I was pretty decided I was doing that. And so, and then what happened was I had negotiated this guest ride spot for, to go to BWR, Kansas and BWR or no, no big sugar in Arkansas. And yeah, I like was, I just got picked up by the Mazda Lauf team and I was just like, like the vibe of the team was really good. And I was like, man, you guys are making this, this, this decision a lot harder. And I literally had a decision to decide like that week. And you had, you had yeah. a successful gravel season last year in 2022, right? You yeah. Did. People say it was like this breakout season, but I mean, I didn't even have that crazy of results or anything. I just kind of like, just put my, put myself in as many races as I could. Like I, basically had no sponsors supportful helped me out a little bit with some kits and i just was like all right let's make a mark and yeah i just got myself like i see like where i had friends in the country be like all right i'll go to that gravel race i can stay at their house and so and also probably fortunate that you've got the grasshopper series in your backyard so you can hit all those which at this point i mean mig's done such an amazing job with that series they're both so much fun and so competitive that if you can get your name on the top step there for the series as you did, that's huge. Like people are going to take notice. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I feel like the series win wasn't that big of a deal last year. Like I, I was like, whatever, it's just another series when I didn't actually win the race. I have to hype you up as that is a big deal winning the grasshopper series. And why don't you talk about some of the other races that you did and how yeah, you performed yeah. at BWR. So I switched to gravel as I was like, I'm traveling all over the country. And then I have this series in my backyard that's like world-class. And so that's where my kind of switch to gravel came. And I was like, I always knew I wanted to do longer events. And I realized my power profile is more built for that. And so like I switched to that, I kind of started the year off with some grasshoppers. And then I went to BWR San Diego and I like, I met Michael Marks, the, the kind of BWR founder. And the story is like, I double flighted the first day I like made it like I, I closed this big old gap. I made it back to the front group. People were like, whoa, whoa, okay, who is this little kid in the group? And then, and then I like, and then I started like barfing at like hour five or six or something. And I was like, gone, gone. And I finished like 17th. So it wasn't like a super great day. And then I, uh, and then they did the wafer the next day. And I was like, yeah, yeah let's race the wafer. Like, this will be, this will be super fun. And then it was in a front group. And then I, uh, like I hit a pothole going like 35 and no one had called it out in the group of four of us. I was holding on my water bottle and I just yard sailed. And so I like cracked my bar. I was like, I was super scraped up. And so then Michael Marks picked me up off the road and he was like, dude, Ian, like you're about to get second. And he was like super, he was like super bummed for me. And so I actually like, it was kind of a get, I don't know. It was kind of weird. Like it was that really, that was a kind of pivotal moment in the season where he, I met him. We had a really great, like connection and so then we kind of drove around the rest of the day i was like bleeding all over the inside of his bronco and yeah like he had kind of helped me he was like dude you're really fast he kind of helped me get to the rest of his races and so then i did the bwr series and then i finished fifth like overall and so i didn't like i didn't really think that was possible but it was a pretty big result with like with having stetna win and then like Griffin and Brennan. So like it was kind of big names and I was like, whoa, like I'm really standing on the podium with yeah giants right now. Yeah, that's um, huge. So then you decided it, as you mentioned, you kind of made that connection with the Lauf Mazda team. Yeah. You got an opportunity to race with them as an option in twenty twenty three. 
Yeah. Did you decide to do that before you got accepted to the Grand Prix? Yeah, I did kind of take that gamble because I was like, I'm if I if I don't get in the Grand Prix, like everyone kept telling me I could get in, and I was like, I, I don't know. There's a chance I don't get in, and yeah. I was kind of planning on doing most of the races anyways. Except and maybe I probably wouldn't have done Unbound if I hadn't got in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. Obviously, like the know. the Grand Prix creates a lot of structure to the season because yeah. you've got these seven events six you know you get to drop whatever that you need to focus on as you think does that change your mentality going into the year or do you and your coach have that kind of figured out like how are you going to prepare for these different events i think we're going to play it like and see how it starts out and so i don't know i'll go in the sea otter with pretty good form hopefully and then we'll see how it goes from there Um, yeah i don't know it doesn't really change anything i think i i like i think it i find it I can kind of race into form, and so I can, yeah. Like, I basically was doing, like, last last season, I think there was, like, I had six consecutive race weekends, and it was just, like, grasshopper, Nike race, other gravel race, grasshopper, and it was just, like, back to back to back to back, and it, like, I was sitting at 100, like, at, after Sea Otter, I came out of that with 150 CTL, and then I was, like, I got one of the, whatever, like, sea otter sickness was going around that, like, everyone had. I got something there, and I was, like, so wiped out for sea otter last year. It was so bad. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited for the season. I don't really. I'm not going to put too much, oh, it's the Grand Prix. I'm just going to treat it as another race. Yeah, do your thing and be consistent yeah. along the way. It sounds like, given your background with the Nike mountain bike racing and, obviously, the gravel experience you have, it's not like a roadie going into the series being intimidated yeah. by you know, the mountain bike style racing, the mountain actual mountain bikes race you're going to do. Is there anything on the calendar that does seem intimidating in the Grand Prix to you? Obviously Unbound, but honestly, I think Big Sugar is the one I'm like the most apprehensive about because like this last year I went to Big Sugar and I got six flats and I was just like so done. So I finished the race. I don't even know why I finished the race. It's just part of, I don't, I don't really quit on races, but it was just so stupid. Like it was like 17 miles in, I flatted it and then I like, put all my like co2s and plugs in that tire and it like it was gone and then i was like well and i had a tube and so i went i like i went to this arkansas local's house i like knocked on his door and was like yo you got a pump and so i wrote up his driveway and everything and so i went to his garage and i just tuned my bike up like he pumped up my tires and so like i had already lost like 20 minutes in the first like 17 miles of the race and then it was just like flat after flat after flat and then, like, it was so early in the race, no one was giving me tubes. So, yeah, I was honestly, like, a little bit, I'm, I'm honestly, like, oh, I have to really go back to Big Sugar. That's, like, <laughs> what I'm not looking forward to, but whatever. It'll be yeah, maybe some tire inserts and some different tires oh, for man. next like, year. The bike I was running, I could only fit, like, I was running th- 38s that measured 40s, and that was, like, the biggest. And it was, yeah. like, rub on the front derailleur, and there was, like, rubbing on the frame. And so I'm maxed. I'm totally maxed. And every, I was running like 45 PSI, which is like, everyone was like, well, like Stetna told me, no wonder you flatted. You just bounced off the rocks. And, and I was like, come on. Like, I was doing everything I can to not flat. <laughs> but. So this this season, what what is your equipment choice? What are you riding? I'm on the Lauf Siegla. Yeah, it's a sweet bike. It's pretty light. Yeah, I have a couple different setups I can kind of run it at, but. Yeah, having just helped cool. you take it off your car, it's definitely a light rig. Yeah. It looked like it could take a bigger tire than what you were describing from last year. It takes, you can put like a 2.5 on it, and I, I'll just say I'll never, I'm not going to be running that ever. 
but <laughs> it's cool. I have mud clearance. Yeah. If Unbound gets muddy you know, again. I think pros these days, everybody likes to take a little bike packing trip. So maybe you can get some. Yeah, yeah maybe on. I'll do that. Is there any particular event in, in the lifetime series or otherwise that you're very excited about for this year? I would say Leadville. Like I kind of showed up last year and like, I feel like I kind of showed that like I did have some potential to do a little better at that event. And so I'm excited for that one. I think I'll probably, I'll, that's probably like my, that target one, maybe crusher and the tusher as well. Um, I don't know. Like, as I live at sea level, but I seem to actually like the altitude. Like, I okay. can adjust. I think, at least, I think I can adjust pretty quick. And do you, but, do you feel like the way you're built and the way you ride? Are you would you categorize yourself as more of a climber? Yeah, I still haven't hit those those world tour power numbers like the people in the, the series. But I would say I have the body type of a climber, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm on the way to developing the numbers as a climber. Yeah, nice. Well, it's gonna be super exciting to see how you do. I am always rooting for the NorCal guys and girls to do well. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. I think we've got some of the best training in the world, and you're a product of that environment, just all the great roads and great mountain bike trails you have up in Sonoma County. Yeah, yeah. We definitely have it going on here. Like, yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah, well, awesome. Well, thanks for coming over to the studio, and if I don't see you before, I'll see you down at Sea Otter. Yeah, I'll see you there. Thank you. Big thanks to Ian for stopping by and talking to us. I hope you enjoyed getting to know him, and you are as excited as I am to see how he fares throughout the year in the Lifetime Grand Prix. As you guys know, I've got a strong bias to the Northern California athletes, so I'm super excited to see another one joining our strong contingent to compete throughout this gravel season. A big thanks goes out to our friends at Logos Components for sponsoring this episode. Make sure to check them out at logoscomponents.com. If you're interested in connecting with me, I encourage you to join The Ridership. That's www.theridership.com. That's a free global cycling community. If you're able to support the show, please visit buymeacoffee.com slash thegravelride, where ratings and reviews are hugely appreciated. Until next time, here's to finding some dirt under your wheels.